There was definitely a small amount of smack being. Usually, being usually you send like the invite out almost like fifteen minutes till, and you didn't send the I invite va- I until vary. like I ten vary. minutes till. Depending on what I got going on, I was watching Terminator Two. I've been watching old movies all day. Dun, it's dun, actually dun, been dun, an eighties. Yeah, it's actually been an eighties action movie day. I've watched all the Rambo movies today while I was writing up the show notes. That's what we need right well, now. Well, what could be Rambo. more patriotic? Dude, I was just thinking the same thing. I mean, all of those movies, at least the first three, have these deep underlying messages, you know, like protect your veterans, don't forget about the the lost veterans. And then, dude, the third one is like the very last scene on the screen. It says this film is dedicated to the hard rebel fighters of the Afghanistan military. You know what well, I mean? The at, at that point, it's like, oh, we don't murder them all. It's, it's, it's I, I, at that point in time, they were, they were our buddies because they were fighting the Russians in exactly. Afghanistan. I didn't realize, I the, the, I I didn't realize the third Rambo movie came out that early in the 80s. I feel like that turned by the end of the decade. Right, right, right. Uh, I thought Adam was going to show up. He still might. He but... said he might. Yeah, uh, pre-show notes. No show tomorrow because the holiday, and then nothing next week because I got a work thing all week long. I got to drive to Atlanta. I am not a good person sometimes. Yeah, I got to drive to Atlanta. Got to go uh, to Hotlanta. Barnes, is this the guy I spoke to once? I don't know, Curtis. I don't think so. Nobody here. Uh, you may have had an interview with um, Big Willie, possibly. Big Willie, yeah, thanks for stopping did, by. Did you, way. did you like have like an online interview where you talked to him and he looked like he just didn't blink for a while? <laughs> Man, his camera's <laughs> frozen or something's wrong with I his camera. <laughs> breathe, Willie, breathe. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's the news there for the show. But we'll do segment one. What we've been doing this week. Lots of news, man. Uh, a couple of business segments. We'll talk about business. A lot of whack shit going on, and then it's just some comic book hits. Right, some announcements, some shit going down. Announcements, um, announcements, announcements. We're going to talk about the Obi Wan finale last yeah, week. Yeah, I, I, I do have Kenobi. I do have Kenobi on there. You know, for notes, we can at least mention it. It was fine. It was fine. I had a good time watching it. You know, uh, more than like doing a breakdown of Episode Six, we just talk about like you know the overall yeah. series. Although we've had a week to digest it, you know. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and then we'll mention Miss Marvel. Uh, Double dose of food news. An actual awesome moment of destruction. Damn, I hope or I wish Adam would show up. I said one thing, someone said another, and it's been a while, honestly. What? Uh, Yeah, I'm not sure what that means, but hey, anyway, we appreciate you stopping by, Curtis. Yeah, thanks for stopping by. Your name doesn't ring any bells, but we appreciate (laughs) your patronage. (laughs) Uh, And then top three. Uh, A very fun week of comics this week. I also have a follow-up on food news. DC. Oh, okay. Well, we'll oh wait. yeah. Didn't you try that? Uh, that Dr Pepper or whatever? Or not that, Dr Pepper. Mountain Dew. That Mountain Dew Overdrive. Yes. How was it? Should we talk? Well, let's wait till the food. I don't have yes. the image for it, but. Uh, so yeah, that's it. Anything anyone wants to add to the minutia this week? I saw Jurassic World domination yesterday. Well, we'll talk about that in segment one. Awesome. All right, let's do it. Very fitting opening this week. Anybody who likes toys mm-hmm. will know why. And we will talk about it. Adam or no Adam. You don't think anybody will watch that garbage? Some, Some people, people will watch, watch anything, anything, Scarlett. It's true. Some people will watch.
motherfuckers are proof. Everybody Even porn! Rule 43 applies! <laughs> <laughs> David, why do you have to make everything? Happen? <laughs> I know, it's so awkward. It's my job! <laughs> it isn't. We're not paying you to do that. Stop. We're not paying anybody anything. Greetings, Geeks. <laughs> he, he, he wrote his own job description. Uh, <laughs> to make everything back. awkward. It's another episode of This Geek and Comics, Outright Geekery's comic book shit talk show. Shit talk show! It's Gomer, a.k.a. David Taylor. How is everyone doing this week? Hey, Andy, how's it going? Thanks for stopping by. I really appreciate it. I think Andy's going to start streaming a lot more on all of our channels sooner or later. We'll have to see how that goes. But, uh, yep, thanks for stopping by, Andy. Always nice to have you around. Uh, segment one, what'd y'all do this week? Anything fun? David. David saw dinosaurs. I saw dinosaurs. Knowing David, he's going to say, it was a good movie, but the dinosaurs were very unrealistic compared to what we know about modern-day paleontology. Actually, I think he acknowledged that in the first Jurassic World movie. They were all like, well, that's what dinosaurs look like, but well, they wanted they, us to make them look cool. Yes, <laughs> yes. But in, the, in this uh, actually, movie... I'm on the band right now. In this but, new movie, oh, they actually well. acknowledged that they are they, they, they were successfully able to sequence certain dinosaur genomes and represent a true representation of the dinosaurs in the fossil record. And so the dinosaurs that were created by this other company that is not in-gen uh, were quite possibly more true to their prehistoric roots. They actually had feathered dinosaurs, which was pretty cool. Because I actually, Of course. There my, it is. Feathered dinosaurs. You know what feathered my mother, dinosaurs are? Dumb. I don't care if they're real or not. They're I think, dumb. I, I, I can accept that there probably were feathered dinosaurs. There are... Some dinosaurs that don't look great feathered, like you know, any t- any ceratopsian does not look oh, great here we feathered. Go. Here we go. <laughs> this dude, Taylor, what'd you do? Anything nerd? You, there's no way you did anything nerdier than that. This motherfucker in there with a cyclopedia watching <laughs> Jurassic World. Okay, no, that dinosaur is very unreal. I'm sorry, Dave. Go ahead. Only thing worse than dinosaur in- nerds is Lord of the Rings nerds. Go ahead, Taylor. Your cue. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Are we having technical difficulties, Taylor? Yes, he is. <sighs> anyway, I'll mention what I did while he logs out and logs back in. Stranger Things four, the last two episodes dropped, and I say episodes only in passing because they were like two and a half hours long. Um, but damn, the whole thing was just amazing. Anybody? So, do it? we riot? No, no. Oh, we damn. knew what was going to happen. If Steve, you know, anything happened to Steve, we would have rioted. But Eddie, no, we knew Eddie was going to. We knew Eddie was there from the start. Once the thing that happened to Eddie happened, we yep. knew that he was there just for that thing to happen at the end. So, uh, but man, one of the best seasons of television I've ever seen. It was fucking rad. It I had was. such a good time, dude. Such <laughs> a good time. It, it was, was pretty so great. It was nostalgia on parade. Well, that's what that's what Stranger Things is. Yeah. It's always been that, you know. But I think this is really the season where it's all come into its own a little bit, you know. And you can tell that by the way they push new character narratives, still steeped in nostalgia, but also steeped in what occurred in the other seasons, you know. Like yeah. everybody being where they are at the beginning of this season makes so much sense. 
But then by the end of it, they're all back where you knew they meant were meant to be. And it was just this great cycle, circular thing. It was awesome, dude. I had such a good time. I, I will time. say that I am rather <clears> – <throat> I don't like it when characters die, but there was the the satanic panic guy in there, mm. and I felt that his death was pretty, <laughs> pretty worthy. <laughs> yeah, and it's cool that they have this entire. I mean, Stranger Things deals with a lot of things that were a part of the satanic panic, so having an entire character in there to sort of drive that angle of the narrative was just really, really good idea, man. It was really, really fun. But, uh, yeah, so Stranger Things four was dope, Taylor. What did you do this week? Anything awesome? Oh, not really. They released a new character for the Avengers game that came out a couple years ago. They released oh, Jane Foster. That? Well, I, I come back to whenever they release a new character, like unlock yeah. all their skins and shit, and then uh, goes back on the shelf for a few months when they till they right. release another one, basically. Right. But yeah, uh, they got that corporate eight. synergy going, so they yeah. got Jane Foster out there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Andy jumps in. Stranger Things is '80s nostalgia with small character growth. Yeah, it is. It is. 100% agreed. So, now, my yeah. only question is, where did the Conan sword come from in the Russian prison? It doesn't matter. It was dope. <laughs> are we? Matter. Are they? Are they tell, trying to tell us something that they've got Conan in there? <laughs> that maybe, <laughs> maybe David Harbor should be Conan. Oh, dude, I I don't know. He got to put on a little bit more lean, but yeah, he could do it. He gets in the gym. He could definitely do it. I mean, he buffed up for Hellboy, which, you know. But he also movie, looked like. That a, movie being a huge piece of like shit, it wasn't his addict. fault, you know. I love like that a movie. For that Hellboy. That movie did bomb, but Heavy Metal Hellboy was fucking dope. I love that movie. It's awesome. Well. Unpopular I, opinion. Let's get into this. Mila Jovovich was great in it, too. Everybody was great. I love that movie. All right, let's do this. <laughs> A lot on the news plate this week. Uh, first up, comics and graphic novel sales, overall sales. And I always say, oh, this is going to be such in intriguing, compelling news. But really, there's not much to say about it. They're just hot as a fuck. They made sales a lot of money. They made a lot of money. Sales and graphic novels grew over 60% in 21, according to a new joint estimate by ICV2's Milton Greep and Comicron's John Jackson Miller. Total comics and graphic novel sales to consumers in the United States and Canada were approximately $2.075 a billion, with a B, dollars. 62% increase over sales in 2020 uh, and over 70 in 2019. But, of course, 2019 really doesn't count. Publishers I wonder what happened made... in 2017. What? I wonder what Why happened in 2017. Like, what dipped there? Um, yeah, I want to say that was the Secret Wars year. And Marvel dropped. What happened in DC 2017? Um, I, I don't remember. New 52, maybe? Well, either way, though. That. Yeah, that is a pretty impressive jump up, though, from 2020. Yeah. yeah. We, I got a lot of other... It's like fucking uh, USA Today over here. Um, this is where everything sold. You know, book channel, comic shops. Bookstores really taken off. Which is wild. Comic shops even got a you know pretty big increase. Digital stays about the same, and then other channels, of course, the same way. And then you see a nice breakdown a year over year. It's just it's just fucking great, man. I don't even know what else we get to uh, look into here. Um, graphic novels uh, led the way. Comic sales exhibited high growth. Uh, 
Graphic novels were up 76% across all channels. Comics were up 53%. Uh, it's just amazing, dude. Even adjusted for inflation, it is the um, biggest year in the modern era, 1993, right? Saw $1.6 billion in 2021 dollars. So that's just awesome, dude. I mean... I mean, a lot of it is there just the adjusted price, you know, not even for inflation. It's a lot more per cover now. But, uh, yeah, dude, I mean, this is good signs for the industry overall. You know, creators, uh, publishers, every, and we're going to talk a lot about creators, publishers, and platforms here in just a second. But uh, with, with the industry growing in this way, with so many different ways to get your comic books, uh, yeah, the only drawback I think anybody could say is, well, how much of this is manga? And, I mean, is that even a good argument? Is it? Let's not know. knock manga. I mean, it, no. there are things not that not. shake hands really well, American comics yes. and manga. I don't see the need to be a dick about that. I agree 100%. Why do people always bring that up? Hi, Purity. Thanks for stopping by. Again, love your your Facebook profile pic it's awesome uh but yeah only better things in the future uh moving on we got a three like a triple shot here the beat uh wrote up a great little summary of these three intersecting stories david steinberger has announced that he's leaving amazon steinberger is a serial entrepreneur who won the race with comiXology right and then got acquired by Amazon, and then Amazon rolled all that shit into Kindle and basically broke it. And he was going to get a new gig at Amazon. Well, it turns out that he is out. Uh, and this is on the heels of Chip Mosher leaving Comixology, which was announced earlier this week. So a lot of shakeups at the biggest digital comic book you know, distributor on the planet. And I can only assume this is all having to do with the fact that Amazon has kind of just dumped comics. Um and we've always said that this this happens, you know. Dollar General does this. This is like basically their business plan. They go in to a place, a small town. They open up a store at a loss. They make sure they close down all the mom and pop stores in the area. And then they jack their prices back up. Or worse, just pull the hell out. And it seems like that's what Amazon is doing uh, with comics. Uh, they have promised that things are going to get better. But this does not bode well for the platform at all. That they're losing Basically, the heart and soul of what made Comixology even profitable to, to begin with, attractive to Amazon in the first place, uh, and they're gone. So, but isn't uh, that like par for the course with Amazon, anyways? It is in a way, but I mean, the corporatization of comics in this way is not really what we were expecting. You know what I mean? We were expecting the corporatization of comics to make it so we were going to be able to have like a Spotify of comics where we were going to have an awesome experience, a cheaper price, more innovation. Um, and we just haven't gotten that. If anything, comics digitally, unless you're stealing them, just saying, is the worst they've ever been. And, I mean, look at the sales numbers I just had up. Digital hasn't gone up, at least not the same way everything else, you know, has gone up. Uh, Eli is still on the Top Gun bandwagon. He hates Top Gun. I love the first one just because of the homoerotic undertones that are completely accidental from what I can tell. Kind of like that Nightmare on Elm Street sequel that uh, is the same thing. But 
Uh, yeah, Top Tom Gun is Cruise not great. is always running. Yeah, uh, Amazon's about to drop their version of Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I mean that's awesome. No one's knocking anything else Amazon's got going on except for they're a big, you know, conglomerate corporate giant, you know, and hate all you want for that. But I think that Lord of the Rings show is going to be awesome. I think a lot the boys is on there. That's awesome. You know, so Amazon's doing great things, but they are ignoring the comics and it sucks. Well, that's that's also what happened with Amazon and music because Jeff Bezos didn't understand music. That's why Apple is still okay. Yeah, but they they, they were really behind. Apple. They're not competing with like Spotify, but at least they have a Spotify competitor. Yeah, but they but at but the comics time, doesn't have a competitor. It, well, what if they were planning on dropping their own like digital delivery platform for like books and stuff Who? outside of Kindle? Well, that's what we need. That's what we had with the Comicsology app and the Comicsology platform. That's what we had, and they took it away. Well, that. Because it was competition, I could suppose. To who though? To the Amazon own product? Yes. Mm, I, I mean, mean you got a historically valid point there. No, historically, Amazon point. has Amazon has bought up uh, competitors that they seen as a threat that had a better model. I mean, what was it like Zappos and like some other right. other couple couple yep. companies? So that you know, the competitor puts out a better product. Amazon comes in, gobbles it up, and leaves their product on the market. Yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. Maybe that's what they're doing. But still, it, it, as a consumer of digital comics, it leaves us in a terrible place. It leaves us in terrible place. Uh, all right, moving on. Oni. James Lucas Jones and Charlie Chu are out at Oni. These were the two top executives and the former co-owners of Oni before Lionforge bought them out. Um, an apparent realigning. Uh, this is also Heidi McDonald over at the Beat reporting on this. Uh, Oni Press's publisher James Lucas Jones and Executive VP uh, of Creative and Business Development Charlie Shu are no longer employed at Oni Press. Uh, again, these are the founders, and they were the chief executives uh, out at Oni. You know, just last week, um, and it's rather quick. The publicity team at Oni Press was offering interviews with these two. For Comic-Con later on this month. So this happened really, really quick. So we're not really sure about why. But all this is happening while right-wing activists are harping on Maya Kobabi's uh, gender queer. And it's hit the top of the charts again, you know, in terms of hard co- uh, hardcover sales like any band book does. Um just a lot of stuff in the pipeline for Oni right now, which is all pointing to a lot of success. Um, but a lot of people are saying that maybe Line Forge is trying to sell Oni. They're trying to dish Oni off on something else. Um, Comicsology and Amazon are still better. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. He cannot get off of this fucking top gun shit. But we're just not sure what is going on here. Uh, and it's kind of unsettling, you know, like we said. In the sales, and I'm wrapping up, rolling all this together. Comics are having their best year in history of, of the industry. And now we're getting all these weird sort of changes in the industry that don't really jive with the success of the industry. Why would you do away with Comicsology the way you did at Amazon and lose your two people, top two people there if comics are doing so well? Why is Oni firing their two executives, former owners, the heart and soul of the company, if comics are doing so damn well and then finally our last bit of news substack uh 
Uh, I mean, we all know what Substack is. It's an email newsletter company where it allows you to monetize your email newsletters. But this week, they laid off 13 of their 90 employees. Um, they failed to get more funding last month. And this is in a wave of, of tech startups and tech companies not being able to get their, their funding. All right. That makes sense. There's an economic downturn on the horizon. We get it. But Substack has found a lot of success. We're going to talk about a Substack publisher later in the news. Has found a lot of success by giving grants to these creators, these writers of comics, and these, you know, Salman Rushdie has his own fucking Substack newsletter. And it seems like that's over. The reason they laid off these folks is because they want to be able to pay everybody, you know, meet their bottom line through their own profits, their own the money that they bring in instead of relying on virtual capital, venture capital. So these layoffs don't really seem like they're going to touch the publishing, the comics publishing. Those deals are set. Each sub Substack publisher will have to rely kind of ironically, just like Substack now on their own income, their own subscribers to their email. All of the grants and shit, those have been paid out and those are done. I don't know how long the deals are, though, right? Like, how long does Tinyin and how long does Hickman and shit, Snyder is on there, um, Donny Cates is on there. How long do they have to stay on there after getting this, like, one-time lump sum of, of Substack money? Mm -hmm. So we'll see what happens there. The comics are coming out, you know, out of Substack. The, the events are happening, the the... Like if you go in and you pay, you get like these special meet and greets with Donnie Cates and, and stuff like that, you know, virtual. So it's just weird to me. You know, Substack made all this big moves to get into comics. Comics are having their best year, but yet they're having to lay people off in order to meet their bottom line. I don't know what this means. Is this a critique of the comic book industry? It does seem rather incongruous there. Yeah, that yeah, like things seem to I'm be. Saying. I mean, we you started off with the bar graph there, and you know, I'm no economist, but that was a pretty big jump in profits. But it seems like at least a handful of you know high profile stories here of things, you know, some struggles there, and yeah, apparently it's all to be, Top yeah. Gun's fault. Oh, yeah. it is. It's all Top Gun's fault. Thanks a lot, Tom. You bastard, short shit. bastard, you piece of shit. So we'll see what happens there with all these companies. I'm sure Oni will be fine. Uh, Comixology, I mean, they're still going to be owned by Amazon, so I'm sure they'll be fine as well. Will we be fine? But Substack, Substack's going strong, dude. I really look forward to reading my freebies. that I, I subscribe to every comic book creator on Substack, at least their free tier. And it's fun. It's really cool to, to read all those updates, so... There's your business news. Comic book industry is doing weird. awesome, but not really, according to what I found. <laughs> anyway. All right, now we get into real some, some real fun. Comic book quick hits. A new Spider-Man comic has been announced by, guess who? Dan Slott and Mark Bagley. Uh, yeah, after Spider-Verse ends, which is the upcoming third event, I guess, that includes the Spider-Verse. Is it the third one? Uh, anyway. I'm not sure. I thought it's called Edge of Spider-Verse. Anyway, this drops in uh, Octo October 5th. Yeah, on October 5th, Dan Slott, Mark Bagley. I mean, if you don't know who Dan Slott is in the context of Spider-Man, 
geez, where you been the past decade? Uh, I don't know how I feel about Dan Slott getting to Spider-Man or, you know, getting back to it, but I'll read this. I'll read this. I want a good Spider-Man book. And it's almost like as, as much shit as I talked on Dan Slott's run, uh, we haven't had a good run since, you know? No, so actually we haven't. Happens. I mean, yeah. Return of Spider-Man. Kind of been, yeah, it's kind of been lackluster with yeah. the current crop of spider books. So this is going to kick off uh, just in time for Spidey's 60th anniversary. Uh, and it's Top Gun's fault. It is. It's Top Gun's fault. Ghost Spider, Miles Morales, Silk, all these, you know, spider people, including new heroes that will debut in Edge of Spider-Verse. That's interesting. Well, yeah. Yeah. I love new spider people, dude. Yeah, <laughs> it's also going to tie in directly to Zeb Wells and John Romita Jr.'s amazing Spider-Man run, which is, I mean, okay. Yeah, picking up some plot lines there. Uh, and Moreland, Moreland is back. Oh boy! Oh boy! So yeah, Spider-Man number one, Dan Slott, Mark Bagley out. It's Moreland time. It's Moreland time, and that's a different guy. I think that's a different guy. I wish uh, Taylor didn't leave because I'm sure he would adore talking about this new spider-man news this brother need to get some better internet maybe uh, we'll come back top to gun's it. fault it is top gun's fault uh three worlds three moons preview came out uh the first book in jonathan hickman and mike del mundo and mike huddleston big huge Substack project uh it's basically out if you're on the Substack, if you're subscribed to the top tier of the Substack, you just get a free digital copy of this. As a reviewer, I got a free digital copy of this too. And it was awesome. It was really good. I mean, it's your typical Hickman sort of book. It's got a lot of deep shit going on, shit that I don't quite understand, but I'm sure will all be revealed. You a know, A lot of world building. Lots of world building. And when I say world building, I don't just mean he did a comic and there's world building in the comic. There's it's Hickman. There's lots of infographics going on. You know what I mean? He's really going into the whole craziness with the infographics in this. The information pages that he loves to push into all of his books that are, are still happening in the X-Books for some damn reason. But uh, yeah, dude, the full-length comic book uh, containing Fable and Ruin stories uh, are not available to me yet. But the foundation, which is the first part of this, was very good. Yeah, I really dig the lore too, Andy. He's he's really laying it on thick with this one. Uh, Hickman thrives when he's just given a sandbox and allowed to play and do whatever the hell he wants. He's done it with the Fantastic Four. He's done it with the Avengers to a lesser but similar extent. Definitely did it with the X-Men. Oh, yeah. All of his independent work, you know. So X-Men books have been... <laughs> pretty good these last and he's bit. not even there anymore no you know and they're still feeding off the foundation that he laid down so uh yeah that is a when it cool works it book. works yeah that was a really really cool book so um oh there's taylor awesome taylor glad you're back do you want to comment on spider-man at all i actually don't know much about this what is this this is a Dan Slott and uh, Mark Bagley doing another Spider-Man book in October, stemming out of the uh, Edge of Spider-Verse event that they're doing together. Okay. Yeah, it's well, going to have a Moreland. It's going to be a Moreland book. It's Moreland time. 
Nonstop and uh, Savage Spider-Man have been about the only Peter Parker Spider-Man book I've been reading for a while. I'm not really on the uh, JRJR uh, quote-unquote main Spider-Man book right yeah, now. Me neither. Me neither. That being said, I did like Dan Slott's run for the most part. It had its peaks and ba- valleys, but when it was good, it was good. Compared to what we've gotten since then, yeah, I I could go for a slot run again. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah sure. like, and then Bagley, of course, is... You know, royalty. Yeah, he's Spider-Man royalty. I mean, yeah, he, he's he's pretty much like been the best Spider-Man artist in the last modern generation, at least. Oh, man, yeah. I'd say top five modern. You know, I will sure. probably check this out for sure. Yeah, me too. Me too. Uh, and then you also missed the Three Worlds, Three Moons uh, preview. Jonathan Hickman's um, Substack work with Huddleston and Del Mundo. Uh, we actually got a copy of this. Do you have a chance to thumb through this at all? I haven't yet. I'm looking forward to doing that tomorrow. I got the day off. Nice. Yeah, I, you and the rest of the country. Uh, yes, except for <laughs> David's brother, who's going to make like $80,000 tomorrow. Not that much. So, yeah, it, I have read it. It's well, dinner's Hickman. on him, $80,000. Yeah, right? It's typical Hickman. Lots of world building. Lots of weird Lots of, it doesn't care if it leaves you in the dust. It doesn't care if it has to explain it to you later. He's just going to do what he does. I mean, you know what you're in for with Hickman. Yeah. And I like Hickman. So, yeah, I definitely assume this is going to be really good. Yeah, I'm so glad we got an early copy of that. We were very lucky. And, yeah, it was really good. Uh, So, our next bit of news, Conan has found a new home. Yes, Heroic Signatures, you know, has taken the license uh, from Marvel. But they are teaming up with... Titan Comics to publish Conan, new Conan comics in 2023. Uh, Why Titan, you ask? Titan has international reach. Uh, They do a lot of European stuff. They definitely publish in the United States, so they have a lot of channels where they can go and do what they want. Uh, There are other publishers who are able to do that, but Titan is a publisher that we're Conan just feels like he needs to be. Uh, Titan does whatever the hell they want, and they do it the way the fans like it. Dr. Yeah, Titan, Titan carries a lot of like uh, licenses. I mean, I, I, yeah. I specifically remember uh, Doctor Who going yep. being a Titan. Yeah. So yeah, I, I kind of feel that this might be actually a good fit for them. I think so too, man. I think so too. Uh, at least it's good news that we're still going to be getting new Conan stuff, and at Titan, there's not really any sort of restrictions when it comes to anything violent sex anything and conan is good at both of those things so yeah i mean i've I've enjoyed a lot of the conan stuff at marvel like savage avengers um this king conan book i've been reading but you can tell where they want to go further but can't at times you know so when they do they get heat for it because they don't do it right yeah you know so yeah very much looking forward to uh some new stuff from there uh, last bit of news, 10,000 Black Feathers. It's a new series by, yes, Jeff Lemire and Andrea Sorrentino, part of their Bone Orchard Mythos. This begins in September. Uh, this is going to be fucking awesome. Uh, it's the second installment of their descent into the Bone Orchard Mythos world and its dark mystery. The lives of two women for more than 20 years. The way the story is laid out, told between present and mysterious past, gave an uh, Sorrentino was saying this gave me the chance to play with styles in a way that will be new to the readers of the passageway. Can't wait for readers to pick this up. Basically, this is a story of friendship, coming of age, imagination, 
It's equal parts horrific, mysterious, and heart-wrenching. It's something about um, them finding something in video games. Why, why don't I have that written down? So dumb. Anyway, we get some dope preview pages because it's Andrea Sorrentino, and the dude can do no harm. So that's a style for the flashbacks, and then the style for like the nowadays, right? And man, I cannot wait to read this. Uh, the passageway was so damn good. Uh, Andy Shannon, how about the new Trigun series coming out in twenty twenty three? Yeah, I did hear about that. I'm excited to take a look at it. But is this is this a uh, an anime or is this going to be the manga? Because uh, I... no, it's a comic series. I believe it's based on the anime. Okay. Yeah, I don't think it's like a direct adaptation of the of the manga. Because there has been some other announcements about some new animes coming out actually this weekend. So. <laughs> Uh yeah, well they had a big anime fest, the big anime fest. Yeah, this, and this that's weekend. where most of those an announcements came from. Yeah, so yeah, looking forward to to all that stuff, man. Um, and I think that I think the reason Andy brought that up is because it's a Titan book. Yeah, so the Passageway was probably my favorite book of the year, uh, at least so far. So I'm really looking forward to this. Best team in comics, in my opinion, Lemire and Sorrentino. So that hit shelves September 14th. Look for that. It's not even FOC yet. So, uh, Kenobi. Reva arrives on Tatooine to find Luke. Darth Vader and the Empire pursue the path. Kenobi separates. Blah, 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 blah. Dope lightsaber battles. Okay? Period. That's yeah. it. That's it. That's really all you need for that last episode. Uh, overall, I don't know. I give it a, a, a B plus. Kenobi. Completely unnecessary. Yeah, try gun, never top gun. That's right. Uh, completely unnecessary. It kind of, it kind of, I don't know. Once you get into, you know, 40 years of fucking lore, it's kind of difficult not to step on toes at least a little bit. And this does kind of make you wonder why some people did some of the things they did in, you know, Star Wars in episode four. But who cares? Who gives a shit? That's stupid, dumb nitpicking. It's ridiculous. And yeah, Kenobi is a damn good series. Yep, agreed. A minus is good. B plus, A minus, you know, somewhere in that neighborhood. Um, I would actually have liked it to be more, to have a little bit more. Uh, all of the talk about Kenobi is like it was supposed to originally be like this big, huge movie, this big, long, amazing epic. And I think that would have been better. They said that uh, Solo, you know, getting dumped on as hard as it did kind of, you know, made them pull back on making it as, as awesome as it was. But yeah, because it uh, was originally supposed to be a movie. Yeah, it was originally supposed to be a movie. And I'm OK with them, you know, not making it a movie, but I would have liked to have had more. Um, but, yeah, this was great. Uh, I could nitpick, you know, some of the And I was saying this while Taylor was, you know, bleeping in and out again, but it does kind of step on the toes i think that's the most polite way of putting it some things that happened in the original trilogy it does it yeah does. i mean inherently whenever you have something where you know the people writing it 50 years ago mm -hmm. clearly we're not going to be on the same page with people who probably weren't even born yet a lot of the people who made this show exactly and it, i mean is it does it hurt it at all no because that's no. not what this show was about right uh, more Kenobi, less Top Gun. Yup. Yup, I agree. <laughs> but uh, overall, I think the show was a good he watch. 
Was it yeah. truly the um, most necessary uh, Star Wars uh, show? Shut up, dude. No. Anyway. No. Was, yeah, it was not truly the most necessary show, but I feel like it gave a compelling story for Obi-Wan himself. It was really cool seeing the character arc, him going from his lowest point to him being the mentor that Luke needed at the beginning of New Hope. Yes. Yes. Uh, I love that final lightsaber battle. It was that final lightsaber cool. battle is one of the best lightsaber duels they've ever had. Yeah. Yes. All the lightsaber shit shown off of the Force, all that stuff was fucking awesome in this shit. Yeah, dude. It I was mean, really fun. They couldn't, like, the Obi Wan fight versus Vader in the um, original trilogy was garbage. It was, oh, a, yeah, it was bullshit. Oh, compared. It wasn't even a fight. It was them just poking each other. Yeah. Um, if two old men poking each other was like Kane's. Yeah. Yeah. But then, like, Obi Wan versus Anakin at the end of Revenge of the Sith. It's probably still better overall than this one, but this one was really damn good. Oh, uh, it was so much fun, dude. Um, yeah, you say it was unnecessary. I tend to agree with you up to a point because we have gotten to the point now where TV is so easy to make. Like this sort of high quality shit, it's just easy to make. And I don't mean easy to make, like, creatively. I mean easy to make, like, the physical process of creating a movie or a TV show like this just doesn't cost as much as it used to. I so, mean, yeah, especially for people like Disney where, like, every bit of their pipeline is completely, yeah. you know, ironed out for them, you know? Yeah, and they're able to just throw this stuff out and give the audience, you know, not maybe not even what they want, but something that Disney will know they will consume. And it's kind of like comics. It's the comic book itization of television media. You can just pump out. Do we need a Darth Vader book, an ongoing Darth Vader book set where it is in, in at Marvel Comics? No. Do we need any of these books? Do we need an Obi-Wan comic now? Do no. we need a Han Solo and Chewbacca book? Really? Do we not need these? Really. Of course not. We don't need them. But damn it, that Obi-Wan book is damn good. Yeah. Like, that I think Solo and Chewbacca book is good. I think that was a good way to frame it. Like, this show and so many of those other things you mentioned, no, I don't need them, but I'm glad to have them. Exactly. Exactly, dude. Exactly. Yeah, we don't need Top Gun. Eli just can't get off that Top Gun. <laughs> so, yeah, Kenobi, I give it an easy B+, plus, A-. Minus, you know, what do you so think the odds minus. are on Eli making a comment that it's nothing to do with Top Gun? Oh, no, he's not going to do Unless we start talking about comics, he might do it then. Uh, so yeah, overall, Kenobi was top notch. I had a great time with it. I'm ready for more Star Wars. I love hanging out in that universe, dude. Give me more. Give me more. I want some more of that bad batch. Well, we're not too far out from Ahsoka now, are we? Oh, no, it's going to be so good. It's still a while, but yeah, it's going to be so good. Uh, one more comment. Uh, love the TG hate. Yeah, right. Yeah, uh, it's the biggest movie in the world this year, bro. Eli's just wrong. This is a very light week for comics. It was. We are going to talk yes. about that in just a bit. Yes, it was. Uh, let's talk about Miss Marvel. Another great episode. Again, this show I don't think is for us. It is for Marvel fans, sure, but it is written for a younger audience, and I get that. I great acting. Have not seen this episode yet. Great acting. Great cinematography. Just a really cool dynamic between all of the characters in this. But the partition of India into India and Pakistan in the 1940s is a huge deal that nobody really talks about anymore. It's yeah. comparable um, to the Holocaust, to the, you know, the way that the white man wiped out indigenous people. 
in, in this continent. It's very similar. Uh, and it's the horrifying shit that happened. But because it's still rooted in colonial powers that still control things, it is not talked about a lot. So this week, I'm definitely giving this show props for going yeah. places. It probably has no fucking business going, but it's still going there. And you got to give it some respect for that. This show definitely is putting a big priority on <laughs> presenting Muslim culture. And it's, I should say more accurately, Muslim people and yes. their history yes. in a way that a lot of audiences have never seen before. And I think that I guess I'm not the, really the one to say this, but I do think that they are doing a very good job with it, you know, at least from as far as I can tell from my admittedly not great perspective. Well, I also hang out in a lot of those groups where those minority groups talk about this show in that context. And yeah, they all agree. It's like a huge show for that kind of shit, you know? Uh, Andy, I'm 40. Miss Marvel is amazing show. Yeah, it is, dude. I love everything about it. Oh yeah. I mean, it's definitely accessible to younger audiences. You can definitely tell that they're probably the primary audience, but that being said, that doesn't mean it's not good to watch. You know, it's a really well-made show. I really love the way that they like, present the story through graphics and um th- it's got this sense of young of youth about it, it and they really, really capture the character from the comics and the character from the comics is probably my favorite character from like this millennium yeah you know well maybe miles maybe miles maybe miles but yeah, it's close it's but a two-horse race close. it's definitely close so yeah great show uh, i think we have uh, a lot more episodes that i think we're only halfway right it's an eight episode is it eight or eight? six I thought it was eight. It might only be six. Either way, we still have more of that, so we'll talk more about that. Not next week. No shows next week, but the week after. So, uh, yeah, man, I got to give it up. Disney Plus, they really know how to to give people some some shows. Uh, I don't know why we don't talk about stuff like The Boys and Umbrella Academy and things like that, because those are, you know, comic book stuff. But it's hard for me to talk about The Boys. It's hard for me to talk about the voice. I actually don't watch it, so I don't know. Dude, it's it's I know it's good, but it's just one of those things where like I have wild. to there's some things that I'm just never gonna get to watch because there's not enough time in the day. So right. that's that's on my chopping block. Right. According right. to what I just looked up, it's only a six episode series. Okay, good, good. Oh yeah, Umbrella Academy is very good, Andy. It's it's really smart and fun, and yeah, I'm a big fan of it, so uh, let's do food. Mmm, yummy. Double dose of disgusting food news this week. David, uh, do you want to give us your field report first? Though? Oh, yeah, field report. Ah. How was the soda? Uh, How was the pop? Actually, it was one of the better Mountain Dew well, what variants. Kind of pop? What kind of was it? It's got, it has uh, kind of like this uh, lim- a lime kind of fruit punch taste to it. Doesn't it have a fucking weird name like Overdrive. Electric Funk or something? No, there's there. It's called Mountain Dew Overdrive. It's available only at the Casey gas stations. Uh, it is it it kind of hits you with this lime taste, and then it mellows into like a, a fruit punch fruitiness to it. Okay, it's actually okay. pretty good. Uh, I also is it found more of a gin or a vodka mix. Do you think? I um, I probably go with maybe mixing it with vodka. Rum, maybe fruity I, rum. No, no rum and coke all the way. Oh, come uh, on! <laughs> You're, weak. You're weak. Disrespecting the classics. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Good report. Moving on. Uh, the, we got two. You have to tell me which one's gross and which one's not. This is uh, a, a little bit old. French's has inspired uh, an internet meltdown last week. This had so better over, be the gross one. This is better be catch a prank. Up popsicles. Ugh. 
The brand touted its refreshingly savory and sweet ketchup popsicle made from 100% Canadian tomatoes. And this is only going to be available in Canada. Canada. I was about to hear just because that feisty lime Mountain Dew. Su- yeah, most of the Mountain Dew sucks, dude, unless you're just putting alcohol in it. And I mean, that, that's what it was made the feisty, for. But. The feisty lime is, if you just like drinking Tabasco sauce, drink Tabasco sauce. Yeah, so <laughs> I got to get this picture off because I'm going to gag. Uh, ketchup popsicles. I eat a lot of ketchup, but I am I repulsed by this idea. I, uh, I can't even imagine begin where to begin with frozen ketchup. I mean, how does it not like separate? How did they make it so it wouldn't separate into its? Yeah, what arts. dark arts did they practice to make this terrible thing reality? You know, astromancy. Yeah. It's. I mean, it <laughs> they made a deal with Top disgusting. Gun. It, it, Eli, if you could taste Top Gun, if Top Gun was a frozen treat, it'd be the ketchup popsicle. <laughs> All right, moving on. KFC has. Oh, that's not the wrong. Get rid of that. Jeez. I'm deleting it. I'm getting rid of it. KFC announces finger sporks. Okay. Back in the day, in the 70s, right? KFC, instead of putting out the knife, fork, spoon trio, they started putting out sporks. They are basically not the inventor, not the innovator of the spork. They are, by many measures. The early adapter. The early adopters, yes, that made it so that sporks were normalized. So now they have this horrible thing. This is this is if you had if you were a kid in the eighties, this would have been something that you probably would have dug at the bottom of the cereal box. Of the cereal box, yeah. So this is at the bottom of your bucket of fried chicken. Uh yeah, you put these on your fingers, finger licking good, get it? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't want to get it either. Uh, these are available now for free with the purchase of KFC Sides Lovers Meal. Uh, that comes with three different sides, the Sides Lovers Meal, as compared to their other one that only comes with two sides. Uh, I don't know who gets corn for a side. Fast food corn just is disgusting. Gross. You know, yeah. I don't see the benefit of this being a spork, though. I feel like all the sides they're showing here, you can just eat with a spoon. You know, this, you uh, know what this reminds me of? Oh, geez, what? It's gonna <laughs> you, be bad. You remember? You remember the scenes from uh, Dark Crystal where the Skeksis were all eating, <laughs> and they have like those utensils on their fingers. Yeah, this is what that reminds. This me is like of. Edward Scissorhands. You're right. It's like a weird Edward Scissorhands. Uh, to qualify for two free KFC finger sporks, which, and they're washable, you know, you can hold on to them forever. You must purchase a side lover's meal between June 21st and July 12th at participating locations. Of well, course, shit, we're halfway through this while supplies last. So, Dave, I need you to get get us some chicken with some side. I don't even like KFC. I'm a Popeyes guy. Popeyes I had to get this image. Is I had to get this image. <laughs> Look at this fucking family. <laughs> we're having I mean, too much fun. <laughs> I can make so many disgusting jokes here. I think the only joke I have to say is, look, they got their meal on the table, but look behind them. There's like a whole nother meal back there. What the fuck? What are they doing? They just Those fucking the love guests. their KFC, why, man. Why do they have a whole nother meal One back meal there? is not enough. They want to have at least two. Because the, the colonel will come to your house and be like, y'all motherfuckers ain't eating enough chicken. They got well. They got I'm also blend. confused. Like they took the uh, the sides and they seem to have like emptied them into their own dishware. Here, <laughs> yeah, they have their own. Yeah, 
That's right. Dude, you can't use just the KFC tubs. We got to get out the fancy shit. We're eating KFC tonight. Mom's like, dad just texted guys. Break out the fancy dinnerware. And we're getting KFC, mom? Hooray! And then she's like, but don't worry about the knives and forks. Wink. Uh, yeah, I don't know. This Watch it now that you going. say that. There's fucking spoons there in those sides. They got silverware. <laughs> they like, have what is the point of the fingers fork if you're not to, even going to use it? They have to serve it on the plate somehow. <laughs> no, they don't. They can just take no. their damn fingers forks and dig right in. They have the the spoons in like the sides. But if you look next to their plates, there are also fucking forks next to their plates. Okay, so is KFC saying, yeah, this is a nice idea, it's fun, but it don't really work. Have right? a backup plan if you're going to try this, is what KFC is telling us. Yeah, this family is way too excited for KFC. No <laughs> shit, dude. No, I mean, it doesn't. It wouldn't matter what I brought home. My family can be like, oh, okay, good, we're going to eat. Thanks for feeding your family, because that's like your role as as a human. Thanks. But yeah, look how excited they are. I don't know. I hate that so much. So, I don't know. The tomato, the ketchup popsicle is bad, but those are fucking terrible. They I got mean, other meal on the that's counter. Exactly. stupid. It's not gross. They could like get everyone's forks. Tom, this logic using motherfucker. Thank you. Oh. He's right. You, you only know what? get two of them. That so is a fair point, Tom. Meals. They had to. Don't you get two per side? No, you only get two. You got to get uh, this uh, triple meal thing. Yeah. Yeah. So Damn, that does Tom, actually Tom's add smart. up. Tom's either smart or he's done this before, and he went and got one, and there were two people in this house who did not get finger sporks. Man, and they were don't big. try to mask our foolishness by shitting on Tom here. Tom knows yeah, what's right? up. Tom saved the damn Tom show. Tom figured it out. He did. He really did. He saved food news. So, yeah, there you go. Get your finger sporks. <laughs> Dave's going to run out and go get us some fucking finger sporks. Uh, all right, let's do a moment. <laughs> Uh, Adam's not here, sure. We will put he, them up for bid we gotta on have Patreon. A here. We got to have a moment here. All right. HasLab, they've done so many cool things. The Cookie Monster, that was never funded. The Sky Striker, that was funded. Uh, they've had so many cool fucking things on there. But, oh, the, the Unicron, the like two-foot-tall Unicron, Jesus. But this is a G.I. Joe classified his tank the classified figures are the six inch figure so that is a six inch figure next to a 10 inch fucking tank this thing funded in record time under 24 hours well it did come from inspiration from the 80s so it might have been the delorean yeah for sure for sure uh the front of that thing looks like a delorean oh it really does it really does dude and we gotta go to cobra island (laughs) we gotta get destro marty we gotta it's your it's your alley viper, well, Marty. It, this is a Cobra DeLorean tank, though. So isn't he going yeah. to go fight GI Joe instead? Yeah, you know, you know, if Cobra had a time machine, they would be they'd be mucking up the timeline. Cobra Commander oh, man, would, would be like the, the founding of man, father of. You the just United wrote States. a story arc for that Saturday morning cartoon version Dude, of GI Joe comic book that great. Gomer reads. That would be so. G- good. The Joes have to go fight Cobra through time or some shit. Yeah. Look, it's got this cool laser on it that shines. I mean, that is not great for being able to see where you're going, but they're going to know Cobra on the way. It's, it's a cool a thing of... for a toy, but yeah, it would be pretty yeah. fucking useless in real life. It's Drop got this the great bat. 
<laughs> it's got this great rack for different weapons in the back. Look at the detail in the Gomer cockpit. Gomer wants one. He wants one to it's drive around his $300, dude. But yes, I do want one. That's a lot of plasma, Gomer. That is a lot of, yeah, that's a lot of plasma. Oh, so, wow. Look at the, how the, it even opens up like a DeLorean. Mm. The visor, the, the cockpit. That's what Tom was saying in the chat. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of like a, a mixture of the DeLorean uh, su like suicide door, not suicide doors, but like the wing gold gold doors. those flap doors, yeah, yeah, gold wing, gold wing doors. Uh, it looks like Knight Rider in the front, it looks like Kit in the front. It's car, it's got the color scheme at least, yeah. Uh, Michael, nice I look at the what's uh, for episode? Nice look at the driver here with these weird gloves, that's cool. But the stretch goals are open. The stretch goals, number one, it comes with this cool canopy. This is in a based the on the original. Canopy. Yeah, based on the original. And these other side um, armor pieces. skirts. Yeah, armor skirts. Well, look, this is what we regularly get. And that's the one that you get for the first stretch goal. Second stretch goal is these cool little rocket pods Ooh, that's strapped to the side. That is customized. really fun. That is really cool. We're going to pimp this, this his tank. Yep. And here is another one. It comes with the pilot. This is the third stretch goal. It comes with the pot or the gunner. This is the gunner with all these little cool extras. Is the gunner also a, a woman? Yes, it's a female. Yes, wow. Awesome. And it comes with even more guns. It comes with turret uh accessories. That's a lot of blue and red lasers shooting at Joe. Dude, that is a lot of fucking lasers, bro. That is a lot of fucking lasers. But again, it's an amazing piece. I have the space for it. Yeah, Doc Brown's going trademark. Uh, uh, but man, three hundred dollars, dude. Uh, it's not expected to hit until at least late twenty twenty three. So, if they succeed in getting this successfully funded and mass produced, what would this also like be a clue Eli. as to what goes on? Uh, with like future GI Joe classified releases, if they put this out, uh, dude, with the success of this, right, less than twenty four hours, it was funded. Yeah, they're definitely going to do more vehicles. Because you know, if 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 they're going to do this, I want a Cobra Rattler. I want a trouble bubble. I want a bubble. classified Cobra Rattler. I want a trouble bubble. And what what is that one? The pod, the the, the that's the little pod, yeah, the little hover pod thing. That okay, Cobra yeah, this... yeah, dude. <laughs> I mean, there are loads of different things, like the snowmobile. There's a snowmobile they could do for for the GI Joe. You know, Joe's had a snowmobile. They could do the so many cool things. I think it's called um, the one I think they should do because they have announced the GI Joe classified Sergeant Slaughter, Sergeant Slaughter's one-man tank you ever seen that thing yes oh it's fucking dope it's like a little it, it's like charles xavier rolling around in a tank is what it looks like it's so <laughs> dumb but oh, i'm I here to it. kick some ass maggots yeah so there you go there's your his tank uh it was the end of the transformers book it was a fantastic issue uh i'm anxious to see what happens next in in transformers though i'm gonna show you guys some of this art it was amazing look at that just beautiful Griffith was on this. Mil Alex Milne was on this. It was a fantastic book. They had this little note at the back, you know, thank you for, you know, all the years that we've been doing stuff like that. Um, the writer they had for this just wasn't a very good comic book writer. You know, plain and simple. He just never got his feet under him. And by the time he did, no one gave a shit. So 
quite possibly, arguably, I'd say the worst Transformers run of all time. But um, it's over now. So no gloating, no, you know, looking back, no, you know, 2020, whatever. Who cares? We're done. What's coming next? Bring us what's coming next. So uh, let's do top three. A pretty good week for comics. Uh, Eli mentioned his Top Gun's fault that this week was kind of sucky, kind of slow. Uh, didn't y'all remember Mask? Tom, don't get me started on Mask, dude. I would love to see them do a G.I. Joe classified 6-inch for Mask. There is not enough interest. They could do the 3.75-inch. Those were the um, original G.I. Joe size, like this size. They could do that and still be able to, you know, give us some vehicles that, that look okay. But I don't think there's enough interest. You know, I don't think there's enough mass. Mask is one of those things that I did not know existed until I saw a robot chicken sketch using those action figures. I found out what they are after that, but yeah, Yeah. they they have not stayed in the zeitgeist the way that Yes. Dude, IDW, Tom, had a terrific run of Mask where they took Cybertronian technology to create Mask, which worked so well. You know what I mean? In that story, but... Uh, yeah, you should check that Transforming out. Transforming uh, vehicles into other vehicles. Andy going in. I watched Black Phone on Friday. Good movie. Yeah, a new horror movie. I'm going to have to check that out. Uh, I think Eli even said that he liked it, and he is not a ghost movies fan. He's a big horror guy, but he does not like ghosts and shit. I, I didn't think oh. that Black Phone was a ghost movie. I thought it was a ghost story. I thought it was a ghost story. Either way, we're doing comics. Who wants to go first? You want me to go first? I'll go first. Just go first. Go Go for it. Uh, Honorable mentions, uh, Seven Secrets Ended. Uh, Fantastic book. Tom Taylor, uh, Danielle uh, Dinicola finale. It's like an animated show like uh, DBZ and Naruto. Really, really worked well. Um, Let's see. Uh, It's more of a suspense thriller. Okay, okay. Uh, I'm definitely going to check it out. It's on my list. Dude, there's so much to fucking stream. It's incredible. Um, But I did want to do an honorable mention just because I retired the book. It didn't make my top three. Department of Truth number 19. James Tiny and Martin Simmons. Arguably the best fucking comic book on shelves right now. Um, But damn, this was a fantastic issue. And Cliffhanger, last page Cliffhanger was fucking mind-blowing. It was so good. But... Uh, my number three, or pardon me, yeah, my number three is a book I'm sure is on Taylor's list this week. This week, variants number one, Gail Simone and Phil Noto. Oh, that Phil Noto cover! I didn't pick so this up actually. Nice. Oh, dude, this is right up your alley, bro. You would have loved this. Not much to say here, though. Just an amazing character work by Gail Simone. A beautiful art from Phil Noto. Just an entertaining opening for what's looking like a really fun series with like a multiversal Jessica Jones. I mean, and really, that's all there is, dude. It was great. Eli, yes, mask was dope. My brother had a bunch. Yeah, dude, I had a bunch of mask stuff. I loved it. Hey, you know, it's a we, non-Top Gun comment. Yeah, non-Top Yay! Gun. We knew whoever had the bet. We did anyway, it, guys. Mask was cool and because it was the same size as the G.I. Joe stuff. And I was already mixing my G.I. Joe and Transformers together, you know, playing together, even before the comics did it. So, yeah, adding mask to the mix there was just a whole shit ton of fun. Just a whole shit ton. Uh, so, yeah, variants number one. Again, just good character work from both uh, writer and artist. Um, it really doesn't get into the meat of everything until the end. You know how Gail Simone is. She kind of takes you on a recap of the character by, you know, going through some terrible shit, you know. And she's and it's Jessica Jones. She's always going through terrible shit. 
And yeah, this book really hit really well for me. I was really excited uh, that I that I gave it a read. So variants number one. Pick it up, Taylor. See if you can find a copy for real. Yeah, it's I'll good. see if I it's can. It's solid. It's solid. Uh, Big D. I have no honorable mentions this week. The hell? Short week. Yeah. Short week. My number three book is A Righteous Thirst for Vengeance. This is actually my number two. So go right ahead, sir. All right. So this book this was fantastic. Fantastic. Okay, so this book kind of departs from where the last issue is. I don't know mm -hmm. if this is before or after the events of the previous issue, but it's after. Is, it's after. I I didn't get that feeling. I didn't know where it was fit in the timeline, but I'm sure it's after. But, but this ahead, is this is our our main character having a good day. A day off. A day off from having to kill anybody. Yeah. They just they go they 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 have joy. They, they have they joy. have a fun day at the beach, and yeah. it's done it's done beautifully. The artwork is terrific. Yeah, uh, this series has been noteworthy for its over the top violence. Oh and yes, it's really cool for them to flip the script a bit and push this just again overwhelming joy here. I've got some images. He goes and buys some shrimp, takes him to the local taco guy, and look at just this great sequential art. Oh yes. Of this dude making them tacos. Tacos. And it's just tacos. so good. This it's... is this is like, you know, Jeff Darrow level fun stuff, but this is not yeah. Jeff Darrow doing the butt. And this I just, love this. Yeah. It's Andre like Araujo three pages and Chris O'Halloran. Yeah. It's it's it is. It's three or four pages of them just enjoying tacos. And I mean it's so dumb. But look, here's them jumping into the water and going swimming. Here's them enjoying the sunset together. It was just really fun. Again, this book is great. It's almost hit the point where I'm going to retire this book too from being a top. I'm probably going to have to amazing. retire this because this book is all. This book is it's an always good. Title. Yeah, and it's just really cool for them to again flip the script from this over the top assassin, you know, crazy assassin stuff. And just this dude and the kid he's, you know, met and has been protecting the whole series, just having a great day. I mean, there's these shadows, you know, lurking on the horizon. He's got a bad medical test that came through. Yeah, there's, His there mom was, there, shows up at the up. end. That but, happens. But it yeah. was, it's just, it's like you said, they flipped the script. This, You know, like the last issue was like, you know, a guy getting his eye gouged out was like a yeah. a, a screwdriver yeah and the kids hurt and then this issue is basically they're hiding out in mexico i assume i think it's i think it's something like that yeah but they're just but having a great they're just having time. a they're just having fun they're yeah. living life andy, andy says it really well in the chat peace in a violent comic like this is perfect yeah it it really was it really is just fantastic issue great call dave great call thank you uh, Taylor, honorable mentions in number three, please. Um, I'll do just one honorable mention for uh, patch number three. This is just okay. kind of, it's just one of those like Larry Hama books. I don't really know how to describe it better than just it's a Larry Hama Wolverine book. So yeah, it's kind of dumb, but you know, in an endearing and very fun kind of way. It hit all the right notes, dude. It was really, yeah. yeah. Uh, for my number three, I'll go ahead and do Avengers number 57. So Hey, with, that's with Avengers weird. and Avengers World coming out, like I feel like they're kind of crossing their streams a lot because this could have been an issue of that Avengers World book where they do all these weird Elseworlds things because that's all that this was. It's kind of like Crisis on Infinite Steve Rogers, no? I guess so. I don't know if this is supposed to be a Steve or a 
Doctor Strange, but um, he has got they. The Avengers do show up. Like they're apparently trying to stop this like multiversal onslaught of Mephistos or whatever. Yeah. But really, the only reason this is in my top three because it has a soldier shooting a possessed rifle at a fucking Leviathan submarine, and that's really all there is. That's the long and short of it, right? It's classic Jason Aaron. Big what the fun. fuck are you on? Yep. This is amazing. What's it possessed bullshit, by? Man. What was the gun possessed by? I think Mephisto, but I'm not really oh, sure. Oh, a Mephisto gun. That's cool. He's part. He's cool. a oh the gun. The, the gun. I don't. Mephisto. I don't think they got into the gun. It's just like oh. some Doctor Strange shit. Whatever. Oh, I don't know. Sure, sure. Just but it was like covered demon. in flesh. You can kind of see it there. It's all yeah. creepy looking. But yeah, um, I didn't read the whole issue. I I didn't. I just kind of thumbed through it. You know, but. I mean, this is this is a book for like splash pages and just like let's smash our action figures together. Nice, nice. (laughs) Darth helmet, your helmet. Uh, Oh, that was your number three. Awesome. Uh, Again, my number two was a righteous thirst for vengeance. Number nine. If you're not reading this, please pick it up. It's Rick Remender, Andre Arajo, and Crystal Halloran. It's hyper violent, but. Remender's a pro. He just knows how to do a damn good comic, man. He does. Yeah. It is beautiful. It it's is. Beautiful I'm. Book. I am potentially going to have to retire it because it always is in my top it's, three. Yeah, dude. It can always be in the top three every time it comes out for sure. Uh, Dave, number two, numero dos, please. Um, public domain. That's my number one book of the week. Oh, my gosh. This yeah, we Chip, have a lot of crossover. Chip, Chip Zdarsky. Zdarsky doing the writing and the art here. Yeah, this is just a complete Chip Zdarsky book. Uh, there's, it's, I feel that it's kind of a commentary on creator-owned properties in the modern, modern it is. media if I, landscape. If I may, if I may, sir. Sure. This book is about comic book artists who created a really popular hero called The Domain, who now has a live-action movie coming out. The writer of that comic who gets most of the fame and money from this creation. It's also about the two adult children of the artist dealing with their father's legacy and the revelation that it's actually that artist who owns the rights to the character, the domain. Uh, but the real world impact here, right, is like comics on Hollywood. The weird legacy that a lot of comic book characters have seem to have with their kids. You know, that's like a thing. Um, like both professionally and personal, but um, importantly, like you said, Dave, like you were alluding to, it's engaging in an issue that's really important to me. Creators getting paid and getting the credit for the things they it's, create. It's the cane fig, uh, finger story, essentially, yes. in comic book. Yeah. Yeah, it's fantastic, dude. So it's that, a really cool book. You know, that I could see a lot of parallels there because you know, like you said, it involves like you know, Finger's granddaughter. Yeah, and the fight with DC about yeah. Batman. But it's and, really Zdarsky just taking all of these things and making his own new thing. Yes, you know, and but yeah, he's definitely touching on really important stuff. I think it's really important. Let me it add is, this. It is an it is an issue that we do that the comic book industry as, as a whole should address. Yes. That is 100% correct. And I think that the fact that Chip Zdarsky, the new writer on the most popular comic book on the planet, Batman, is the writer on this book. I think that's really important, dude. And it just says a lot about who Chip Zdarsky is as a creator, as a person. And 
I love Zdarsky, man. I love, I mean, I love the guy. I read his shit and I read like his email stuff, his newsletter, his but, Substack. Yeah, his Substack. <laughs> and he did an issue of crossover that was just so personal and so poignant it was one, the of one the where he spoons for himself yes, yes. the one yeah. where he spoons it's always going to be known for that but it was one of the best books a prop single issue books of last year well i didn't I even have to sound dismissive that was a really like the i feel like he put a lot of himself in that book and it yeah, came out really sure. well so i didn't mean to i didn't for that to sound dismissive oh, no, but no, that no, is no. the it, image it, that i think of when i think well of that uh, yeah it, i mean it's it kind of synonymous with that book so you know it's forgivable, yeah. but it is one of the best single issue books from last year, and it is one of the best issues in that series. And yeah. crossover is pretty fucking good. It's amazing. So well, you know, yeah, I really love Public Domain, Dave. Great choice. Thank for you. Number two. I have no idea what you're going to pick for number one. I'm just, I mean, what the fuck is left? Uh, but before that, Taylor, number two. Uh, my number two is Captain America, Symbol of Truth, number two. Nice, um, nice. I was not expecting the Deadpool crossover, but it was like a lot Deadpool of fun. Crossover. That's the only reason this was off my list. I did not like Deadpool in this at all. Well, I thought right. that Deadpool himself was well written. I don't understand oh, sure. why he was there, but I feel like they're building up to that. And mostly this one is on my list this week for that Silva artwork. Mm -hmm. All the uh, fight scenes with Deadpool and uh, Sam. Go I like how they do like, He's like, hey, we're Wilson and Wilson. You're like, oh, well, that didn't occur to me until you said that. It's very yeah, end, it's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Deadpool was well written in this. It actually didn't work for me in the book, though, because the first issue of this, it felt like it was building up to taking a stab, you know, so to speak, at all of these important topics, you know, and it still is sort of doing that. But adding Deadpool so soon in the run to add that comic relief. It sort of removed a lot of that importance. I definitely know, hear what me. you're saying. I mean, usually yeah. you wait for a story to get like an arc in at least before you start bringing in guest stars. Yes. But um, that being said, though, um, the backup part of this with uh, Joaquin Torres kind of in yes. that government facility, I feel like that is still touching upon a lot of the stuff that you're talking about. For sure. For and sure. Um, this the team up didn't feel like gimmicky in it. I oh, don't no, I no. still don't get why Deadpool is there, but um it was a lot of fun, a lot of great artwork, and hey, whenever Doctor Fucking Doom shows up in a book, that's always Ooh, that's, that's right. always bonus in my book. Right. That's the only reason I grabbed this cover because I knew oh Doctor Doom's in it and it's Captain America. I know this is gonna be on Taylor's list this week. No way it's not. Yep. No way it's I not. actually managed to get the uh Hellfire Gala variant for this one. Oh nice. Ah. Nice. Nice. Uh, that leads us to number one. Again, my number one this week was the fantastic where the fuck did it go? Public domain. I must have deleted it. You. Oh, idiot. there it is. Public okay. domain number one. Chip Zdarsky, writer and artist. Fantastic book, touching on a lot of real world concepts. Uh, definitely pick that up. It's a whole lot of fun. Uh, Tom, Doom was like, what are, are y'all doing in my Yeah, what are y'all doing in my house with your damn shoes on? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's funny. Pretty much, uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, that leads us to number one for you two. Uh, Dave, I have no idea what you could have possibly picked for number one this week. Um, the Sins of the Black Flamingo, number Man, one. Man, this book was way over the top. It was. Super gay, and I loved it. It, it was, was great. awesome. It is, it is essentially 
uh, a gay Indiana Jones stealing artifacts from Nazis. Yes, that's exactly what it is. It's a gay <laughs> Indiana Jones. Why don't they have that on the tagline? That does sound fun. It is really fun, dude. It was, it was really it, fun. It, it it was just it just was it just hit on all the cylinders. It was the best thing I best book I read all this week. Yeah, you know he he talks about what he does, like you know. Uh, he he makes references like you know I wear this mask to cover my beautiful face from the cameras, but it's like nobody's watching anyways. Uh, he has some kind of weird super ability. Uh, there's elements of like you know Jewish mysticism in it. Um, Dude, there's a golem. There's a golem that comes like back real, to life. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And then and then in the end, he finds an angel imprisoned by Nazis, and it's just like this book is like. Firing He's gonna fuck all- this angel. I can't wait. He's gonna <laughs> fuck this angel. This, descriptions like that, it's one of those things where like, what are they on and why aren't more comic writers taking it? The, the reason this wasn't didn't make anything on my list is because what are they actually trying to do here? You know what I mean? There's almost too much going on. There it's is like a addressing, lot going on you know, it's like addressing uh homosexuality lgbtq but it's also addressing like the jewish thing the holocaust thing the nazi thing it's kind of all over the place it is and it's, i'm not also, quite sure what i think about it's it also yet. it's also addressing like you know um class class warfare or yes. class system and everything yeah dude there's, there's all kinds of just it's this it's this goulash this this mashup it was almost too everything much. that's and why it, just, it didn't make my list but it, it it come it's starting to come together into this cohesive thing yeah. that i'm, I'm like i want to know where this is going oh yeah dude you it's like a tra- it's not really a train wreck it's more like somebody dropping a bunch of garbage on the way to the garbage it's like there is so much shit there, but you just gotta look. You you gotta keep watching. But yeah, I adored <laughs> yeah, it. It was a fantastic. It was it was the book. It was it was it was a toss up between Public Domain and the Sins of Black yeah. Flamingo. But I just seem to enjoy Black Flamingo a little more than Public Domain. Yeah, uh, this definitely could have made you know my list. But again, I gotta know more. I've got to know more before I put it on the list. But it, you know? it, it, but the the first issues ends. It's like ten like, pounds of awesome in a in a five pound bag, though. There's no way they're going to be able to keep that up, and that was where I ended the book, man. There's no way they're going to be able to keep this up. Yeah, that was a great first issue, but I want I need to give it, it at least two more issues before. But I'm going to read those two issues. So uh, <laughs> I'm so glad you picked this book, though. You know, I'm so glad you picked this book because yeah, it was a shit ton of fun. It yeah, was it was it was a lot of fun to read. Yeah. So that leads us to the end. And Taylor and his number one book of the week. Perennial favorite X-Men Red, number four. Fantastic issue. So yeah. good. This one was kind of a, a a bit of a kind of a downstroke in a sense, you know, because it was especially it was people sitting around talking. It was Magneto talking with the council. It was uh Roberto talking with uh Oh, what's the name they used? Um, wrong slide. Yeah, wrong slide. Which love that. I kind of um, hate that dude because he's he got that name because he was bullied by a bunch of. Mutant it sounds kids. like a terrible dance move. <laughs> yeah, Andy's chiming in that X Men Red was number three for him this week. Yeah, yeah and then it was Storm um, talking with like the representatives of the Shi'ar and various like. Uh, it was almost like a empires. Galactic Council. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Let's call it that the Galactic Council. 
Yeah. Um, so a lot of talking, but damn it, if that's not the thing I love the most about this book is all the politicking, you know? Yeah, dude, um, and there's a lot of it. It's weird that, like, our favorite character in this book didn't even show up this issue, and it was still a fucking amazing issue. Yeah. That old human dude who just lives on a rock out for Yeah, no, reason. Fisher King, that's a shame. Yeah, Fisher um, King. They also didn't touch on uh, what Vulcan and his whole deal is. That that ticking time bomb is yeah. still in the background. Um, yeah. But yeah, Magneto was awesome in this. I I love the sort of evolution of the Krakoan status quo. You know, yep. Storm and Magneto, they're doing it, I think, mostly for political reasons. But Magneto does make a good point here. Maybe immortality isn't all it's cracked up to be, you know? Like, is that, I, mean, I fear the monster I will become if I just continue to exist in perpetuity, you know? And so he rejects it. He and Storm have both rejected immortality. All right. I'm going to say this now. Prediction. He is full of shit. He is lying. Potentially. Over on Arako. I'm going to take Al Ewing at his word that he's intending for this to be a real status quo change. But I'm sure some other writer, whenever they want to, they can just, you know, backtrack on this. They certainly can. I will say again, and let me reiterate and sort of, you know, add to it. I think it's Ewing's entire plan for Storm and Magneto to be lying to the Araco. What do they call their council? I don't even remember. The Great Ring. Yeah, the Great Ring. He, They are lying to the Great Ring to get over, to make themselves look stronger politically in Araco. I think it's all bullshit. Beats I'm just me, saying. But it but was, no, a, I would love it was that. a damn I'm cool speech. It was a damn cool Oh, it was. Though. It was. Tom, it's going to be interesting seeing uh, Urano show up in the next issue after Mag's giving up his immortality. Oh, you ain't wrong, bro. Uh, yeah, that big fight. I mean, Marvel events are Marvel events. You know, it's going to be the internals versus the X-Men versus the Avengers, the AXE, uh, Judgment Day without the E. It's going to be wild. It's going to be wild. And I think that's where Ewing is going with it. Uranus is going to come in, going to murder Magneto, and... Magneto going to show up, and then what's going to happen? They're going to kick him, want to kick him off the council, right? But it's also my prediction that Iska the Unbeaten gets beaten. And you heard it here first! And they bring her ass back, too. So, yeah, I'm expecting this AXE to just blow it up for the X-Men. The Eternals, maybe not so much. The Avengers, the Avengers seem like every 18 months they get blowed up, you know, so... Uh, it's been a while, dude, since Krakoa, the Krakoan age with the X-Men have been really, truly involved in an overarching, you know, universe-wide event. And I really think this gives them the opportunity to, to really just play around with what they've got going on. Um, immortality, you know, from X-Men number 12, Immortality's out of the bag now. Uh, there's a lot of things that, that a lot of these players, Al Ewing, um, Dugan, that they can play with now. So even Cy Spurrier. They can really evolve these ideas. And That's another concept. interesting thing about this issue is that yeah. they are directly referencing things that are happening in other books. Like, yep. um, what's her name? The Empress of GR. She died. And they address yep. that in here. And also, that was a cool, like, fuck you, I'm Storm moment, right? Where it's like, mm -hmm. yeah, we already resurrected her. We didn't wait for your fucking permission. Get over it. Yeah, she straight up told the Galactic Council, nope, she's a mutant. You don't have any jurisdiction over that shit. Poof. 
Man, that one fucking outer ring AI, man, what a douchebag. Unless Mags is a good guy. Oh, well, guy, he is a piece of shit. Remove him. Yeah, possibly, yeah. Andy. We'll see. We're going to have to wait and see what happens there. I'm really excited about Judgment Day. I'm taking it at face value for now. Maybe what you're saying is true, but you're usually wrong. So I think that you're I know, I am. Yeah. I'm but, um, completely wrong. But honestly, my favorite part of this issue was um, Sunspot and Wrong Side here. I thought that yeah. was a that's it's another interesting um, kind of philosophical take on it, right? Like yeah. Wrong Side is kind of recognizing that like I'm not Rock Slide and I never can be, and you know I'm try- trying to find kind of meaning in my own existence. I was kind I of born as said, a bad copy, you know, that no one really accepts. Yeah, exactly. I loved how he said, I'm okay with resurrection still. I hope that when I die again, it's in other worlds. So I come back different again. And yes. I, like, I really felt something there. I was like, yeah, oh, that was okay. really moving. Yeah. And I'm also, it looks like he's getting invited to join the Brotherhood. So that'll be cool too. It's going to be wild. Yeah. Uh, Tom chimes in. Mutants books are the best thing happening at Marvel right now. Uh, I'm loving Punisher, but 100% agree pound for pound. The X books, like New as years. a collective, yes, I agree with you. Like there are yeah. individual books that I think do better on like a monthly basis, but definitely the X universe is like holding yeah. up the holding yeah. up the quality overall for sure. I mean, Marauders is kind of trash, and it's still fun. It's still fun as hell. I yeah, hate that I mean, space right now. The but consistency with which they've had not just one or two or even three, but I consistently good lineup you know of books for years now it's very impressive yeah yeah there's always at least five books that are out in a given time that are always towards the top of my read list you know yeah x-men immortal red uh new and probably marauders i'd probably still throw marauders in there sure yeah i mean it's still solid but i mean that's the that's the cream of the crop of the x books right now and we still have way of which is solid um i think there's even another one out there yeah, it's kind of like, you know, even the the, the only one I read that I like did not really like, and it wasn't even that bad, was uh, X-Corp. Mm. It just, it, it was too much. Yeah, it was, right, it was mediocre. We did to have the corporatization of the X-Men too. But it, you are right that like it is like Pixar and that like even the bad ones are still better than most other things. Yeah, you're read. are still solid, still solid. Uh, so yeah, on an... Uh, relatively kind of a weak week for comics. We still found some shining gems, you know, in the heap, and uh, it was really good. Diamonds uh, in the rough. Yeah, dime, not even in the rough, you know. Uh, but anyway, thanks everybody for hanging out. We really appreciate it. Um, we're no, we're not doing a show tomorrow. We're not doing any shows next week. Uh, we'll be back the week after. But the bullies, they'll be doing a show. Check out Leroy and Eli. Uh, just a pop culture, you know, podcast, podcast, they talk about comics, movies, TV, you know, just anything going on. I love their show so much. Uh, I'm driving to Atlanta next week. So that's all I'm taking with me is bullies podcast, bullies podcast for the, for the whole trip. I'm going to catch up on like at least like six to eight weeks of episodes that I have. Eastbound and down. Yeah. Really looking forward to that. Uh, what else we got? A lot of links go to outrightgeekery.com we got links to all kinds of shit all of our social media all of our you know youtube links um patreon we got merch you know all everything we got going on including the bullies check them out there uh as well uh last little chime in from andy good night everyone awesome oh 
Look, hate to say, but Marauders is my number two book. Andy chimed in. That's fair. I mean, it's not a bad book. I just hate that they left the ocean. I didn't want them to go into space. And even that's then, it. that's not really like a quality complaint. That's like more of a personal take. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, yeah, Andy's saying goodnight. Thanks, Andy, for goodnight. stopping by. Uh, look for him. He's going to be streaming a lot more um, on these channels uh, very, very soon. So, uh, again, thanks, everybody, for listening. But most of all, thanks to these guys for hanging out with this guy. Really, You almost it. called us jokers. I didn't want to call y'all jokers. I could <laughs> thanks to these jokers for hanging out with this joke. You know, the three jokers are coming back in Chips Run next week. Ooh. It kind of sucks that Dark Crisis number two and Batman with Chip on the first issue is coming out next week and we're not doing a fucking show. It kind of ah, sucks. Well, it kind of sucks. That is your fault, of course. It is. It is totally well, my work's fault, but yeah, my fault indirectly, but I'll take advantage. Excuses, no excuses. Right, right. Uh, but again, thanks for hanging out, everybody. But most of all, thanks to these guys. We are going to do it again next time. Same geek time, same geek channel. Ooh, man. What a hurricane tornado I still haven't gotten over those fucking ketchup pops. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Bucky Taylor got PTSD. You can make them at home. Frozen streets. Why would I want to? Why would anyone want to?